Bibles, if you'll turn to the book of Proverbs, the 22nd chapter, I'm going to read just one verse, and just by way of reminding you, it's men's breakfast week this next Saturday, 9 o'clock, and then also, if you'll just keep in the back of your heads on September 1st, it's a Thursday night, we're going to go back to somewhat of a midweek service. I'm going to be speaking, uh, it'll be an extended series on the end times, eschatology, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have prayer in the sanctuary from 6 to 6.30, so we encourage you to come and find a place. The doors will be open. We'll all just be in here praying, and then we'll come together at 6.30 for the word. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 22, I want to read just one scripture, verse number 28, it says this, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set, remove not the ancient landmark, that's my title of my message today, remove not the ancient landmark, I believe that God has a purpose from our past and we preach oftentimes don't look back always look forward and somebody will take you to this scripture and say see we have to recognize the landmarks in our lives to continue to move forward and 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 I don't want to pop any theological bubbles but that's not what this scripture is saying and so I want to share with you remove not the ancient landmark praise God I want to share something with you. You can go ahead and get that ready, Elena. Uh, I want to show you a video. Now, some of you will have all kinds of nostalgia come over you. Some of you won't have a clue who you're looking at. There will be faces in here that several that have gone on to be with the Lord, and then there's others that are no longer members of our church. They're in ministry or doing something somewhere else. But I'm going to explain to you, this popped up by, well, Elena walked in last week and says, I found this going through her mom's things, I believe it was. And this, this is going to date this church all the way back to about 2011, okay? And uh, I, I wanted to show this today to kick off this message. So, Elena, go ahead and play it and uh, just enjoy the song, enjoy, and that's on channel two, Owen, the audio And uh, I know you're not going to know everybody, but that's okay.
Praise God. See, I've always gotten the right pictures. That's why you see Tony that way and Taryn that way. And Praise God. I, I shared that not to just be nostalgic, but I believe it wasn't an accident that we found it. This song had been on my mind for several weeks. That's the song that was our anthem when we first came here in 2008, Christmas of 2008. <clears throat> I began to preach that message, we need one, one another to survive. And we showed this at some point in time. A lot of that was a from a church picnic, a lot of those pictures. But I uh, began to watch this this week. And I don't know if it's because uh, I'm coming up on a birthday or, or what it is, but I've started looking back at some things in my life. And one of the things that I did this week that I really enjoyed is I found some old YouTube videos of some old-time preachers of mine uh, that, that spoke to me. Uh, and one of it probably was because one of a dear gentleman by the name of Johnny James, Elder Johnny James, passed away this week a preacher of the gospel for many, many years. He was known as the Walking Bible. And uh, if you ever just YouTube Johnny James and listen to some of what he says and the way he preaches, it was just fun to listen to. I listened to him a little bit this week. I listened to Elder Kilgore a little bit this week. I listened to a little bit of Elder Tenney, little Elder uh, Arnold this week. And so I don't know if it's because I'm nostalgic or because God is trying to speak something into our spirit I want to believe the latter. I believe that God is trying to share something with us today. And so as I was watching this, there were several in that video today that have passed on. If you saw, and, and so I'm preaching some of this for our newer people, but if you saw the elderly lady that had the roses on her shirt, her name was Granny Helen. And Granny Helen was an interesting person when we first came here. And uh, she scared me to death. Uh, I, I preached, and I preached just kind of similar to what I'm preaching now, but um, it was a large change for those that were here when we first came. And I remember one Sunday morning I was sitting, it was, it's the green room now where all of our kitchen stuff is stored, was my office, and I was sitting in at the desk getting ready for church, and her grandson knocked on my door and said, uh, Grandma Helen would like to talk to you for a minute. Was that okay? Yeah, sure, bring her in, you know. Uh, I have nothing to, she walked in and she looked at me. She goes, I don't like what you've been preaching. And I was like, hello. The desk isn't big enough for me to crawl under it. And she said, she continued and she paused. And she said, but preach it anyway. And uh, if she's watching today, Granny Helen, I'm still preaching it. I'm still talking it. Listen, she made such an indelible impression that we, when we built this complex, we took her Bible. When she passed away, she left me her Bible, beautiful Bible. We shrink-wrapped it. It's on the foundation of this building. I think it's that beam back there. It's down underneath. We're building it on that. Is it because of something that she was or something that she did? No, but here's what I want to preach today. Remove not the ancient landmarks. And, and I'm praying that revelation will come to somebody today and a revelation to those of you that are even new or if you're a guest here, the next time you show up, you're not a guest anymore. You're just one of us. And, and, and we don't just say that. We believe that. 
And, and, and so when you're a part of something like this, sometimes we have to stop back and measure where we've come from and take a look. Some of you don't understand what this church went through to get to where we're at today. Some of you don't know the price and the sacrifice. There are some people in that uh, video that lived for God faithfully that the Lord has taken them home. There was one scripture, you probably saw the picture with Karen. That was her mother who faithfully attended this church until the Lord called her home. We are living on a great heritage in this assembly. And I don't ever want to lose what they set up. I don't ever want to lose what they established. I'm not the founding pastor of this church. Gary and Lil Wisebrode founded it in 1996. I have stepped onto their shoulders and have led this church from their shoulders. My wife and I did not come along on our own thing. God did not call us to Coon Rapids to start a church. God called Trish and I to come to this church to crawl up on top of the shoulders of Gary and Lil and take what they had dreamed and go a little bit further. Remove not the ancient landmark. Here's the problem with that, our English. That word remove does not simply mean to take away. It means to backslide. If you look it up in the Hebrew, it'll be the word backslide. It will have the, the word being forced back to be moved back. So what the scripture and the proverb is telling us is don't let the ancient landmark be moved back. Don't let it backslide. Don't let it diminish. Don't let it fall by the wayside. Listen, part of the reason we do what we do is not only to please God, but I can't allow that which was established in Coon Rapids in 1996 to be something that moves back. We can't backslide. We can't allow any force, any entity, anything ourselves to move back from what God had already delivered to the assembly. We've got to continually move forward which brought me to the word ancient what are you laughing at I wasn't talking about anybody in particular I had no person in reference that word ancient doesn't just mean old in Hebrew it doesn't mean just to, to let the old things go. See, we, we look at this scripture and we are faced with a paradox because the New Testament, Paul tells us, to press toward the prize of the high calling, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things that are before. That's what Paul tells us to do, but then the proverb says, no, 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 you need to remember or not remove the ancient land, that old landmark, That's what, until you realize what the word ancient means. The word ancient, at least in this passage for uh, the, the, the Hebrew language, means that which originated from the old and consisted eternally to the future. 
In other words, we don't backslide from the ancient landmark. That ancient isn't just looking back at what we had. It's not just getting nostalgia for the people that we talked to or we were around. It's about the thing that goes on for eternity. Listen, they are still a part of this church. Those that went on from the Lord are still, in their fabric is woven into the heartbeat of this church. You and I have come in and have been grafted in and we're proceeding forward in the things of the Lord. So as I'm reading that, I'm thinking, okay, well, that's, that, that's neat. So it's not talking about taking away an old thing. It's talking about not letting it slide back into the future. And so then I said, well, landmark. What's landmark? Now, I don't know if you have the Bible like mine. In the inside line, I have uh, in italicized the word landmark. It means boundary. Remove not the ancient landmark. It was a boundary of territory. The writer of Proverbs isn't saying, don't forget the ancient statues. Don't forget the ancient things that you have set your life up on. Don't, that, that's not what he's saying. Don't move or let your territory go back. Don't lose territory. Don't take a step back. Don't get lost in the things of the world because it's pushing you back. Listen, if the enemy can do anything to destroy the church, it would be to try to push the church back from that which you have already claimed. There are some of you that are living your life and you have come out of great misery and you have established new territory. Don't let it slide back. Let that territorial line remain in place so that you can continue to move forward. Several years ago, a man was made famous by two verses in Scripture. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Some of you will remember this. And Jabez who was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me not from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. And several years ago, I think his name was Wilkerson, came out, Bruce Wilkerson came out with a book, I believe, about the prayer of Jabez. How many have ever heard about the prayer of Jabez? And it was a powerful book. And enlarge my coast, God. Expand my territory. Can I just tell you something? I never saw it until today. But the same Hebrew word for coast is the same Hebrew word for landmark. There's no difference. It's the same word, same tense, same everything. And where the Greek has two or three aspects to a word, Hebrew's got six or seven. And those Hebrew, that Hebrew word is the exactly the same in Chronicles as it was in Proverbs. You would be able to say, remove not the ancient coast, the ancient territory line. Don't back away from it. Listen, my friend, if anything can be challenged, it'll be your territory. 
I've got to tell somebody today, don't let the enemy and don't let your flesh remove or to back up or to allow to be pushed back the territory that God has already established in you. But like David at Ziklag, listen to the word of God when he said go and pursue and overtake and restore everything that you had before. My friend, it's not meant for you to get smaller. It's meant for you to get bigger. It's not meant for you to get diminished in the things of God, but for you to be magnified in the things of God. It's not designed for you to fall back. It's designed for you to move forward. Oh, enlarge my coast. Enlarge my coast. So Paul does have it right. Yeah, that ancient territory needs to be expanded. So we need to press. We need to push. We need to move. Listen, here's the thing that the enemy does so well to us. And I blame the enemy for it, but it's really us that does it. Most of us are lazy. We don't like to think we are. Some of you are even sitting there saying, I'm not lazy. I worked 20 hours yesterday. I'm not talking about work. I'm talking about mentality. For some of you, 20 hours is lazy. That doesn't make sense. Pastor, what are you really trying to say? Because you're comfortable in working 20 hours a day. I'm not talking about what you're doing and how you're doing it and how much time. I'm talking about where are you comfortable. There are some of you that are comfortable in working. So I'm not talking about doing or not doing. I'm not talking about the lazy slug that just lays on the couch all day. That's not what I'm, but what I'm talking about is all of us like to be comfortable. We don't like to get out of our comfort zone. We don't like change. We don't like opportunities. We want to just stay right inside our territory. God, you can take me to right here, but no further. God, you can ask me to do this, but nothing more. I need to stay in my boundaries, God. I'm not gifted for that. I'm not called to that. Well, if God is talking to you about it, maybe you are called into it. Maybe you are asking, being asked by God to do it. You are asking to step outside of the territory. When will we ever get to the place like Jabez? God, just enlarge my coasts. But it's hard for us to do because we're comfortable. We're comfortable. It's so easy. Can, can I just tell you, for me, preaching is easy. Now, I wear myself out. I do. I put everything into it. But you want to know what? I'm strengthened by it. I'm ch- because it's my comfort zone. It, 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 my comfort zone is to sit up here and preach the word of God with boldness and with anointing and with humbleness. And, and, and I can do that. I'm comfortable in that. But you sit me down with somebody that doesn't know anything about Jesus, and I've got to try to start the small talk with them and get into a conversation with them. I freak out. <laughs> 
I know that doesn't make any sense, but when I'm up here, I'm at home. This is my comfort zone, even when some of you are sleeping. Scott sent me a, uh, sent out a deal last week, I think it was, that the guy's head was like this. Says, I was just praying for you, Pastor. I, I, this is, I, I, there's nothing that you can do to hinder me from what I'm doing right now because I'm comfortable in it. But God is asking me, have you prayed what Jabez prayed lately? Expand my territory. What does that look like? Can I tell you what it looks like? In the last month, Trish and I have been working with some of you whose backgrounds I have no idea about. But God says, but I've called you to this. So I'm going to equip you to do it if you'll just let your territory be expanded. Here's what I believe God is trying to speak into this church. Keep expanding the territory. See, some of you are getting this in in, in your head. But can I tell you that every stage of life, something has to be changed in order to become successful at that stage in life? And every church has to change just a little bit. I'm not talking about doctrine. I'm not talking about the word. I'm talking about us as individuals. I know more now than I did back then when I preached what we watched on the video. I still believe I need you to survive. No, no, no. I need you to survive. Not only do you need to survive, Jordan, I need you to survive, not because of you, but I need to be able to survive. And I only survive if you survive. I only make it if you make it. I only do it if you do it. You only do it if I do it. We're in this together. We're one body, many members. I need you to survive, not because I have to have you to make it the next day, but I need you to survive so that you and I can walk hand in hand into the expanded territory that God is calling us into. It's going to take all of us. We can't just do it on one or two people, but it's going to take all of us to find a hold of the master and the body of Christ moving forward and the territory expanding. Let me me just put it to you this way. And I don't mean to categorize people. Please don't misunderstand what I'm going to say. But if I would have told you or if I would have shared with my Bible college students with me, us 19 and 20-year-old kids that thought we had it all together, knew what we were doing in life, knew what preaching and teaching was all about, and I would have looked at them and said, you know, in about 25 years, God's going to call me to pastor a church, number one, that's outside of the faith family that I was raised in, 
number two that would be made up of 60% probably of people that come from the background of addiction, they would have looked at me and said, you're nuts. And I would have looked back and agreed. But that's not how God works. I'm so thankful that's not how God works. Somewhere along the line, I don't even know if it was something that I did consciously, but somewhere along the way, I came up with the idea that God could expand my territory to reach different people. Listen, I never knew that I would ever be dealing with Liberians. I had never met anybody from Liberia till we came here. I never understood what those are, those, that, that culture is all about until I can, he's expanded my territory. I moved out uh, as an individual, but because of what I've done, I'm able to partake in what we have here. And because we have made a decision in this church that we're not going to forget what we have, we're not letting the territory move back, we're going to expand on it, we're going to grow on it. Can I just tell you, I'm not even sure where I'm going right now. Here's, here's what I believe. I just spent uh, time this week telling, telling somebody, the bigger the vision, the better it is the more there is to live up to, the more direction that you have to go. The Bible says in Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. Can I give you the more accurate, again, de uh, definition because English doesn't do it? What it really says, and the ESV, I believe, says it this way, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off all restraints. What it means, if there is no vision, people wander. When there is no vision, people just kind of roam. They can't tap into anything. They can't get to anywhere. I've got something to tell you as the Spirit of Grace Church family. I want you to know we are going somewhere. We are becoming something. There is a point to everything that we do. There is a purpose, and the purpose is to become everything that God has asked us to become. We are to be a hospital for the hurting. We are to be a training center for those that are searching and longing to learn. We are supposed to be a household of faith where the Spirit can move and change and manifest itself. We are Bible-based, Jesus-anointed. Everything that we do is surrounding about Him. It's a, You can grab a hold of something in this church, and you're going to be not wander any longer, but you're going to be looking for Jesus. And here's even the better thing. The Bible says in Psalm 23 that surely, we talked about saying about it, goodness and mercy shall chase me all the days of my life. Oh, my friend, this isn't about Tim and Trish. I promise you there is not a moment that she and I ever sit down and say, Okay, this whole thing is about her and I. What can we do? How can we do it? When can we do it? This is all about what does Jesus want? 
Where does Jesus want us to go? I, I promise you there is no ego in my wife and I. I don't say that to try to sound like I'm a fake, humble person, but I understand where I come from. I understand who I am. I understand that I have made a lot of sacrifice. I have read a lot. I have studied a lot. My wife has prayed a lot. She has studied a lot. She has sung a lot. We've done all those kinds of things, not because we wanted to get from one place to the next, but because it it was our relationship with the Lord to do so. And the after effects is, as you draw near to God, he draws near to you. And when he begins to speak into your life, it's got to have an expression somewhere. And the expression is, how do we do this together? How do we expand our territory? The only way that I find in Scripture where the territory can be expanded is when the body begins to move. I, I, I'm, I'm just about done. Joshua. Moses has just died. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Territory. Moses led you to hear. Let me even take a step back further. Use this real example. Territory. God... Moses has brought us to the edge of the promise. But Moses isn't going to lead us into the land of promise. Because the Lord tells Joshua, Moses is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Don't sulk. Don't panic. I know the territory only went to here right now. Only got you to the edge right now. I know Moses took you out of Egypt. He took you out of bondage. He took you out of all this. He led you to the edge of your promise. Listen, some of you have been in between your bondage and your promise, and you've been walking in your wilderness. The wilderness does not stop or define your territory. There is a greater territory for you to uphold. There is one that you can step into. There is a promise that you can step into. There is a season of transition. But if you will hold on to Jesus, you will step into a promise and an anointing that you've never experienced before. Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Now notice this. Territory. Jordan River, territory, boundary, don't let it fall back. We've pushed this far, and we think that the line has been drawn, and you can't step any further because there's an obstacle in your way. There is a river that's flowing, and it's moving along, and if you step into it, 
But notice what happens. Joshua has the priest step into Jordan. Obstacle removed. Keeps on walking. But notice what he promises. These are God's words. Verse number three. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Listen, sometimes the previous territory is hindered by inaction or by something that takes place, an event. Notice that the promise was given to Moses, but Moses only loved them to a certain aspect or territory. And when he got to that level, he sent out some spies, and the 10 of the 12 spies that came back said, eh, I don't think we should do this. Oh, I don't think we should grow anymore. It's good just with us. It's good just, I've got my own seat right now. Now, I know we messed some of you up last week by changing the seating. But I, I, I know where I fit. I know what pastor expects of me. And I can meet those expectations. Can I just tell you it has nothing to do with my expectations? What is God calling you to? Listen, my friend, I've got to share with you the heart of the founding pastor of this church just for a moment. I need to go back to that video. I need to go back to the conversations that he and I had and my wife and Lil had when we first came to this church and we began to do some things. He, in his mind, this is what he saw. He saw this. He saw you. He saw a complex in this part of the property. It was already drawn into the... He led us to a certain level of territory. And, he, and, he, and the Lord took him home but as he was being taken home or or just before that there was something that happened probably shortly after this video was shared we had a service where God just went and people were worshiping and people were not in this kind of set because we were only about 40 people in that sanctuary but God was just going And we were just sitting there soaking it all up. And as I do even now, I would go back to the back of the sanctuary and I would greet people as they left. It took me a lot shorter then than it does now. But Pastor Gary made his way around the corner. He always sat over on the right. Listen, it's not just saints that find their seats. Gary and Lil sat right over on the front row right there, and the only time they moved was if a grandchild was with them because grandkids outrule everything. So he walked out the back across the front, right in front of where the stairs go upstairs, and I was standing there, and I'm greeting, and he walks by, tears just streaming down his face, and he leans into me. And I think she was actually standing there with us. It was the two of us greeting that day. And he leaned into us. He goes, 
the Spirit is back in the house. Can I tell you, I lived on that for months. The Spirit is back. What was Gary trying to tell me? Gary was trying to tell me that they had slid back from the original territory that God had given them. They had fallen back, not necessarily of their own doing, but just things, life, things in general that held them back to propelling into the next thing. And what Gary was trying to tell us is, okay, the territory has been restored. Now keep moving. And some of you have had a life experience where you've gotten to a certain level. You've gotten to a certain territory and you've bounced against that territory more than one time because God, some of you have been up and down in your relationship with him through some decisions possibly, but even circumstances that are beyond your control. And you have stopped at the territory line. And in your spirit, whether you realize it or not, what you've said is I have come to the end of what God wants for me. And I'm just going to be satisfied in that. Can I tell you that that's not what God wants? God is trying to tell somebody today, remove not. Don't let it slide back. Don't get comfortable in your territory. Don't let it move back against you. Let that territory line continue to push forward and just step into it. Well, pastor, how do I do that? It's different for all of us. But here's what my challenge is for you this week. Do something for Jesus that you've never done. And see what happens. Can I tell some of you? Go home. Step into your living room. You might want to shut the curtains just so you don't freak your neighbors out. And just worship with everything you've got. I'm not just talking the, thank you, Jesus, I love you. I'm talking about just rip-roaring, raise your voice, raise your hands, dance before the Lord, play your music, get into it, and just see what the presence of God doesn't do. You may have been stepping and being comfortable with this amount, but all of a sudden, because you've expressed your worship, he says, okay, come here. Cross over that line and just see what I'm getting ready to do. Here's what's going to happen. As you begin to worship, an old song that says, as the praise goes up, the walls come down. What happened at Jericho? They were quiet long enough. They were quiet. You, you, you know, listen, I'm not trying to hype you. I'm not trying to make you do something that's unkind. Here's what I'm trying to tell you is the Israelites, when they walked around Jericho, they had already had the promise that wherever their foot landed, it was going to be theirs. And so they're walking around Jericho for six days, totally silent, without saying anything. Can I just tell you that at the end of the seventh day and the seventh time around, I guess I just don't picture the Israelites going like this. I don't see them stopping and they're marching and, and mumbling. Lord, let the walls come down. I, I just don't see it. 
there had to be something crazier. There had to be something that was out of line, out of the norm. I have got to believe that when they hit the territory line and Joshua said, shout with the voice of triumph, that somebody in the people of Israel that had been walking for six days decided, okay, you said shout, God, I'm going to shout. To God be the glory. And when they began to shout unto God with the voice of triumph, the walls began to shake and the walls began to crumble. Can I tell you what happened that day? What happened that day was more than just the walls coming down. What happened that day was their territory was expanded. They moved into a, an area that they had not predeterminedly owned. They stepped into a land that God had given them. Why? Because they were willing to step beyond the boundary of their territory and continue moving forward do something different well pastor I've never shared my testimony with anybody try it this week hey co-worker would you have 15 minutes to have coffee with me after work see what they say if they say no what have you lost nothing if they say yes you've got 15 minutes to give them the testimony of their life and what might happen. Can I just tell you, there is no greater joy than to see somebody that you have influenced sitting next to you in a church. The greatest joy of pastoring for my wife and I is you that we have spent some time with to watch them grow. It's cool. It's cool when people don't have a clue what they're doing and you begin to talk to them. Nicole's like, Jason didn't have a clue when he came here. He'll tell you that. He just knew he liked it. He was scared to death of us. But he liked it. In fact, he tried to get Nicole to go somewhere else for a while, but that didn't work. And finally he said, no, no, no. We're going back to Spirit of Grace. I don't understand it. I'm, I actually am a little uncomfortable, but there's something about it. What is that? What, what's happening there? Jason was expanding his territory. God was expanding Jason's territory. He wasn't getting stuck by stepping back from the comfortable thing. He was stepping into it. And now if you ask him, he said, I'm here till Jesus comes. He said, I'm going nowhere. He's, in fact, his words were this to me while we were working in here and building this. He goes, I don't understand how people can't come to this church. I said, neither do I. Why? Territory expanded. Listen, some of you, and I close with this. Oh, my Lord, I need to close. I have a plane to catch today. <laughs> Some of you, in fact, stand. Give me something to end with. Stand up and help me close this thing. Listen. Some of you know and had an experience with God way back when you were just a child. And you left that experience 
and you went and kind of did your thing. Maybe at the time you didn't even realize it was an experience with God when you were a kid. You just thought it was life, but you've now come back to the Lord. And some of the unrest that you're feeling. Pastor Suber says it this way, and I've used it since the first time I heard him say it. There's always frustration in transition. God is expanding territory. Maybe you're that person that received direction from the Lord 20 years ago and you're just not sure what the next step is 20 years later. Just begin to seek Him. Begin to worship Him. And He'll redraw the lines. And He never moves lines backwards. He always moves lines forward. Here's what I would like to do before we close. I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're that person,